This is the Purpose Church Podcast. We exist to help every person live on purpose. It is our prayer that this message helps you experience God in a brand new way. Uh, we're in a series called Missing Peace. Missing Peace, our Christmas series, where we're talking about one of the most important things that we, we all are searching for, we're all looking for, we all want, we all need. We all want peace. Somebody say peace. peace. We all want peace. Let's read Matthew 1, 20 through 23. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, Joseph, in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. She will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name of Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And he saved people in the room today. Says all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through his prophet that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. There was a lot of waiting for this, a lot of waiting. Even after uh, this uh, visitation came to Joseph, there was a lot of waiting. Somebody say, Waiting. One of the worst feelings in life, in my opinion, is waiting on anything for any amount of time, ever. I don't like to wait. Now, let's take a poll in the room. Who loves to wait on things? Raise your hand. Raise it up high. Be proud. Who hates to wait on things? Raise your hand. Now, you, man, I'm so glad we're all on the same page here. Whether it's waiting in line, whether it's waiting in traffic, which is just a more frustrating line, I don't like to wait. Waiting is hard, and, and we, you know, but we always hear people say, good things come to those who wait. And I also want to say, well, I don't know, sometimes good things just kind of happen real fast, though, too, right? It's like, isn't it that a thing, too? Waiting is hard, especially when you are waiting on God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You feel like God's taking too long. You feel like God's not listening. You feel like he's forgotten you. You're not loving on the mics and come to church with you. You're waiting on those job benefits to kick in. You're waiting on your hurting marriage to be healed. You're waiting on depression to subside. You're waiting on your spouse to change. You're waiting, waiting, waiting. You're waiting so long, you're beginning to wonder, does God even care? Is God even there? Some of you may feel like this, and maybe you've been, you've been praying, you've been begging, you've been waiting, and you've been wandering, and you're believing that God can, but he hasn't, and you've been waiting so long that you're starting to wonder if God even hears your prayers, and if he cares, if he's even there at all, what am I waiting for? So what do you do when you've been waiting Waiting, waiting. Well, the title of today's message is, Why is God making me wait? Why is God making me wait? Because for a lot of us, it's making us miss some peace in our lives. 
If we don't know what to do in the waiting, we miss what God's doing here. Why is God making me wait? And I want to show you from Scripture what God is actually doing while you're waiting. And this is exactly how the people in the Bible felt like when they were waiting on a Savior. God promised to send a Messiah. God promised to send a Savior to save the world. God promised it would happen and then nothing for decade after decade, century after century. In fact, I want to show you just how long God's people waited on God's promise. We have to go all the way back to the beginning. We've got to go all the way back to the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. Genesis, Adam and Eve sinned against God. They were ashamed. They hid from God. They didn't know what to do there. In Genesis 3, it's a weird verse. God says, a seed of a woman will crush the serpent's head. And sometimes we just like go through some of these weird verses and go, well, I'll learn what that means later. And we just keep reading. This is the third chapter in the Bible. The third chapter in the Bible, God promises to send a Savior, and then hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds turns into thousands of what God promised in Genesis chapter 3. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, 700 years. Before the birth of Christ, Isaiah prophesies in verse 714, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. I'm not rereading the same verse from earlier. The one we read earlier was in Matthew. The New Testament, this is 700 years before. The exact same words were written. There was a lot of waiting. God promises to send a Savior, and then God's people waited. Can anybody relate to the waiting? So what is God doing when you're waiting? What is he up there doing? What is God doing when you're praying for healing or a blessing or reconciliation with a family member or provision? Is God jacking with you because he can? I mean, he could do it if he wanted to. But is he cruel like that? Is he, is, he, is he holding something out in front of you going, let's see how much they really love me. A little further, a little further, a little further. It's not like God's in the driver's seat and you're trying to get in and he's like. Mm-hmm. 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 Is he playful? Is he teasing you? Is God just wanting to show off? What in the world is God doing when he could do something, but he's not doing it, and he's making you wait? Those are fair questions. And do you, I want to ask you, do you ever ask God those questions? It's safe to ask God real questions. He, he's not offended by you or your questions. So what do we do when we're waiting? Well, we're going to try to answer that very important question. And what I want to do is do something really, this for the church, by the way, to teach you more history, especially church history, uh, because I believe Christian history is the world's history, and you will be able to see God in the entire world if you understand where, what our faith has come from. So let's dig into a little bit of it today. I want to show you a period of history, though, that's not in the Bible. 
Not in the Bible. If you're taking notes, this is a good sermon to take notes in. There's sermon note inserts in your worship guide as well behind your announcement page. Or you can take notes on the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, the sermon notes are there every week. What does God doing while you're waiting? Well, there's a period of history that's not in the Bible. It's called the intertestamental period. The intertestamental period. It's a 400-year period between Malachi and Matthew. 400-year period between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament. 400 years. That's a big gap. Like, what, what's going on? It's not like we had to wait for Paul to get to another part of the world and wait a little bit. 400 years. A lot of people died in 400 years. 400 years. During this time, it's largely said that God was not speaking. That God was silent. And that, to me, is worse than hearing God tell me no. Like this, the Savior, at least God was talking. Now they're waiting, and God's silent. Sometimes it feels like we get no word from God. Anybody ever been there? You pray for something, nothing. Pray for it again, nothing. You do 21 days of prayer and fasting, you're like, I got nothing. I'm going to help you with some of that here today. I'm guessing that somebody here probably feels like that. Something you've been praying for for a long time just didn't happen. And you're praying on something and you're having faith for something. You're believing for something. And then you get no word from God. You get no sign that he's heard you. You get no sign that he's active. You get no sign that he cares. And all you want is some answer, any answer. God, give me a sign. Give me a feeling. Give me anything. And yet for some of you, there's nothing at all. What is God doing while you're waiting? Why does God feel so silent? One of the first things I want to share with you today, and I want to remind you of, just because God feels silent doesn't mean God is absent. Just because it feels like God is silent doesn't mean that God is absent. In other words, while you're waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God is working. And I want to show you today through God's word proof of that. That while you're waiting, God is working behind the scenes. That while you're waiting, the goodness of God, the power of God, the provision of God, the grace of God, he's always working. Somebody say amen to that. He's always working to bring out all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Why? Because he loves you. Because he's a good father. He's got good plans for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to prosper you. And just because you don't see anything happening right in front of you in the moment you want to see it doesn't mean that God's not doing anything. So what is God doing while you're waiting? Well, if God's always working, even while we're waiting, he's doing something. Let's go toward God's timing and toward an event we're going to celebrate next Sunday at our Christmas Eve services. Galatians 4. But when the set time, everyone say set time. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. 
Let me explain. This word set time, that phrase right there, in Greek it means complete, full measure, perfection, or fully pregnant. So the, the words pleroma chronu would come out when they were like, hey, like when we say, hey, that lady's about to pop, that baby's about to come out. It's pleroma chronu. So it just sounds better, right? You know, it's, it's fully pregnant. Like, hey, any moment. Like, don't laugh too hard. Like, any moment. The set time. It's a set time. It's a perfect time. Uh, some other translations say, when the time was right. Another translation says, when the fullness of the time had been completed. In Genesis, it talks about the seed of a woman. Everywhere else in the Bible, it talks about the seed of a man. Jesus, born of a virgin, did not inherit the sin nature of his earthly father. And all the same, born without sin, so he could forgive our sin. And all the saved people in the room said a big, loud amen. amen. Centuries before, God promised to send a Savior. When did he fulfill it? When the time was just right. The perfect moment. At the perfect moment, God sent his Son. Looking back, we see why God waited. We see why he sent Jesus at the perfect time. Sometimes in hindsight, right, you see more of the why behind the wait. God's time, shout amen to that. It's always perfect. His ways are always good. It's not like God's up there going, oh, darn, I forgot. I was supposed to bless them today. It's not like he said, oh, man, 700 years have gone by. Oh, myself, I forgot. <laughs> Let's say this out loud together. One, two, ready, read. God's timing is always perfect. His ways are always good. Just because God seems silent doesn't mean he's absent. While you're waiting, God is working. Now, back to the history nerd stuff. What I want to do is show you five of the most important things that I have compiled that God was doing in those 400 years. Back to the intertestamental period, those 400 years when it seemed like God was silent and everyone else was waiting, what was God really up to? Was God silent? Was it 400 years of silence or was it? Have you ever heard of Alexander the Great? In 12 years, he conquered the world. In 12 years. Some of us, it takes us 12 years to learn GCD on the guitar. 12 years, Alexander the Great conquered the world. And that, you conquer the whole world, you kind of get great added to your name, right? It's kind of like a given. So Alexander the Great conquered the world. So this is all happening in the intertestamental period. And why are we talking about Alexander the Great? It's not like he was a pope or he was anyone, he's not a saint. Like, why are we talking about this guy? Well, what's the significance of it for us today? Was God silent or was he doing more that we couldn't see? The first thing that happened in that 400 years is that for the first time in history, there was a common language around the world. For the first time in history, everybody spoke a little Greek. Everybody spoke 
a language to where they could get by. Like not just when I go, they could, they could speak, they could connect, and they were different races, different parts of the world, they could connect. The second thing that was important was the Old Testament was translated into Greek. Pre- previously, everything was in Hebrew, so it was, it was inaccessible to most of the world. During that 400 years, the Old Testament was translated for the first time ever in a language that most people could understand. In that 400 years, number three, a new learning method came up. The Socratic method was invented in that 400 years. First time in world history that people were encouraged to ask questions. The first time in the history of the world, people were given a voice and people were given freedom to question. People were given freedom to ask. Number four, in 63 BC, the Romans conquered the Greeks. Why is this important? Because one of the first times ever in the history of the world, there was no war. No one was fighting. There was no war. There was peace. And guess what the Romans did during that time of peace? Instead of, when you're not having to funnel all of your government's money to fighting and conquering, they began to build roads and highways throughout the entire empire. Why is that important? Number five, the diaspora happened during that 400 years. What is that? Jews were forbidden from living in Jerusalem, so they went on those brand new roads and highways to all the parts of the empire. And what they take with them? Their God. When all of those things add up, we start to see the why behind the weight. Where are you, God? What are you doing? What were you doing in that season? In those 400 years, for the first time, everybody could read God's word in a language they understood. For the first time, people were not only encouraged to ask questions, they were, they were encouraged to seek the person who was giving the answers, and it drove them to God. For the first time ever, the good news of a coming Savior could travel around the world on roads built by the government. The Word of God could travel all around the world. There was a common language where they could speak it to each other. While God's people were waiting, God was working. Somebody say amen to that. And because of what, just those five things I shared with you, because of those five things, our faith that we celebrate in the Western world, the foundation of that movement was laid in that time. While God's people were waiting, God was working. So let me ask you this question. Are you in a holding pattern? If you've ever flown on an airplane and the runway's backed up, and you think you're about to land, and you're like, thank God. Then the captain comes on and says, ladies and gentlemen, we're having to circle DFW again. Holding pattern, circling the city, wondering, am I ever going to be able to figure this out? 
Some of you right now, you're believing, you're waiting, you're doing everything you know what to do. You're trusting in a God who says he can, but he hasn't yet. And you might be wondering, what did I do wrong? Have I failed? Is it a lack of faith? Is my faith too small? Is there sin in my life? Have I let God down? All of those questions have a whole lot to do with you. And does God care about me? If you're waiting, you're not alone. Abraham and Sarah waited 25 years for their baby. 25 years. Joseph had a vision to rule in prison for a crime he didn't commit. The woman with the issue of blood was an outcast to society, couldn't even go out in public for 12 years. She hid in her home. 12 years until she was healed, healed and being, can you imagine for 12 years being held up relationally, spiritually, people treating you unclean? 12 years until she touched the bottom of Jesus' pant leg and Jesus immediately knew power had left him and she was healed. A man couldn't walk for 38 years. Couldn't walk for 38 years. Unable to walk until Jesus looked at him and said, pick up your sleeping bag and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. While you're waiting, God is working right now. While you're hoping, while you're wondering, God is working. And I hope there's someone here today that will hear this and internalize it. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. And I hope you leave here today with some hope. That you, you and I get a lot of things fast. You want to know something, you just ask Alexa. And then we just believe her like she's telling the truth. We don't have to wait for anything. You don't even have to read. Just let a computer lady tell you. But we, we want things quick, especially when it's something so serious. When it's something that, we, that you know, don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. And we don't know what he's doing, we, but it's not God's denials. While you're waiting, God is working. And while you're waiting on it, while you're waiting on that answer, that miracle, that provision, Maybe it's, maybe it's not ready yet. Maybe that miracle's not ready yet. Maybe God's still working on it. Maybe you're waiting and praying on that you really want to be married. You've been praying for it, and you're still single. You're still waiting. Or maybe you're married and you're struggling. You're trying to figure this thing out. And you're wondering if God even hears your prayers. You're wondering if you made a mistake. You're praying for a baby month after month after month after month you're praying for that promotion to help relieve some financial stress for your family and you're waiting watching other people less talented than you get promoted you're waiting for healing for a family member that seems like the doctor just keeps adding to the list you may be waiting on it and I'm telling you right now God is working on it or maybe God's working on you Maybe the miracle is ready, but you're not ready. So while you're waiting on it, maybe the miracle's not ready. 
Maybe it is ready, but maybe you're not ready. See, before God does something for you, God has to do something in you. Can you imagine what it would be like if we were all like uppity teenagers who were given brand new pickup trucks? Didn't have to work for it. Didn't, nothing. You just show up one day and there's a giant bow on it because you're just that cute. You, usually those kids wreck it in the first week. It's something was just given to them without any maturity having to be built in them. I don't know about you, but there was a lot of pride knocked off of me when I was driving around in a white dude in the driver's seat. I had to work two summers to get it off the ground and to paint it red. Like there was something that had to happen in me. There's something that, all joking aside, like make it more serious than, like what is, what are you waiting on? That maybe you're like, God, give it to me, give it to me. And, but a loving father, God the father's like, I can't yet. I can't. You're not ready. If I give you that, it'll kill you. You're not ready. Maybe God's waiting on you to get ready. Maybe you've prayed and believed that I'd be married one day and you're still single. God is doing something in you. Maybe you're married and wondering, is God even hearing my prayer? Why isn't God bringing healing to my marriage? While you're waiting, God is working. He might be working on the miracle, but I guarantee you he's working on you. You may not be ready yet. You're waiting, 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 and maybe what God's doing is he's teaching you to lean on him like never before. Maybe he's revealing his faithfulness to you in a way that you never thought he would. Maybe he's revealing his faithfulness to you in a way you couldn't experience otherwise. Maybe he's teaching you patience. Maybe he's teaching you trust. Maybe he's drawing you close. Maybe he's teaching you to depend on him and not your own talent. Maybe he's knocking something off of you, chipping away at some of the sins in your life that would end up destroying you if you were giving the weight of that blessing. Maybe he's conforming you into the image of Jesus Christ Whatever's going on, don't waste the waiting. Don't waste it. Whatever's going on, don't in the waiting. Draw close in the waiting. Don't deconstruct your faith in the waiting. Get close in the waiting. Don't Google in the waiting. Go to small group in the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. Don't hide from people in the waiting. Have more people over to your house. And, well, I don't want to. Didn't say you did. Lennon, I recharge alone. Not while you're waiting, you don't. The devil wants you alone, hidden in your introverted self with a candle. He wants you alone. Don't waste 
the waiting. Don't stop tithing and giving in the waiting. Find a way to give God more. Say, God, I'm going to lean in and I'm going to get closer to you. And I'm going to do some hard things that are against maybe my personality type, maybe against anything I want to do, but I know you're good and your ways are good. And while I'm waiting, you're working. So while you're working, I'm going to get closer to you so I can hear your heartbeat in the waiting so that I don't waste this season. So when I come out of this season and you give me the blessing, I already know your voice clearer and I know what to do with that blessing you've just given me. I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to waste The waiting or having to like find God like he's hiding. Christianity is the only religion in the world where God pursues people. Like people like, oh, I found God. It's just actually theologically incorrect. Because if you're here today, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit drew you. You clicked on that Purpose Church advertisement on Google for a reason. You surely didn't end up here because of our amazing facilities. God's been pursuing you for a while. God's been looking for you for a long time. So what if the God you're waiting for is waiting on you? What if the God you're waiting for has been waiting on you this whole time. Look at 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but wants everyone to come to repentance. And we all know what this word means. It means a change of mind. He wants everyone's minds to change, to come to see that God is good. That he's not toying with you. What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? Maybe he's being patient with you because he wants everybody to come to know the fullness of his love and mercy and grace. What if the God you're waiting for is waiting for you? What if, at that, what if he's been waiting to bring you here for the moment for you to say yes to him? If you're hurting, if you're waiting, if you've been praying for a long time, if you're continuing, struggling to continue to believe and you still haven't seen the answer, the provision, the miracle, the healing, with everything in me, let me say these words to you. I believe his timing is perfect. And I believe he's always good. These are not God's denials. I believe that with all my heart that you can bank on him to be faithful because he's never let anyone down ever. And he's not planning on starting with you. Everybody stand to your feet. As the band comes out, when you get standing, go ahead and bow your eyes and close your, or bow your head and close your eyes and just kind of get alone. Father, today, would you do a work in us that only you can do? God, we ask you to help us in the waiting while you're working. 
with every head bowed and every eye closed, and ask, are you in a holding pattern? Raise your hand if you feel like you're in a holding pattern, that if you feel like you're in a waiting season. Raise your hand if you're hoping that there's a miracle to come. Are you waiting on provision, restoration? God, for every hand raised, God, we pray that you would lift up their spirit. And God, I thank you that we can rest in you that nothing is wasted, that you're going to bring about good in a season where we don't really understand. God, that you would deepen our faith, that you would deepen our trust in you, that you would draw us closer to you, God. That we'd be closer to you than we ever have been before. God, help us to fully trust your character, your nature, your goodness. And God, as we continue to wait, as we continue to believe in faith, we believe that you will and we believe that God, even if you don't give us what we've been praying for, you're still God waiting. Would you comfort their spirit? Comfort them right now. God, help us to put our faith in you and our trust in you that while we're waiting, you're still working. We trust you. That God, at the perfect time, at the set time, at the fully pregnant time, at the fully appointed time, time that you will do your perfect work on earth as it is in heaven. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, if you're feeling far from God, if you're feeling lonely, if you're tired of waiting and you're tired of wondering, you're going to have the opportunity to come down front and have someone pray for you. Prayer team, go ahead and come down front. prayer team is here to pray with you for anything you need. We call this time of our service response time. That what any speaker up here does is not it's not a performance. It's leading. And now that you've been given this, it's now what are you going to do to respond to God's word? And these trusted people down front here are here to pray with you over anything you need anything at all. They want to stand with you. Let them impart faith into your situation. Let them pray with you that God would give you strength in the waiting, that you wouldn't waste the waiting, whatever that is. And if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, if you've never said as an adult, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I'm a sinner and I need you. I now accept you as my Lord. All you got to do is come down front and tell them I'm ready to make guy. And you'll leave here with your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life forever changed. Don't waste this moment. This moment was appointed in heaven by God for you. Don't waste this moment. So God, as we get ready to respond through prayer and communion and worship, God, would there be something happen in our hearts that changes our family trees forever? Lord, thank you for meeting us right here at this altar where old things die and new things are born. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Church Podcast. 
If God used this message to impact your life, tell us your story by emailing mystory@thepurposechurch.com. Be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website at thepurposechurch.com to get connected and receive all the latest information.